This is News Radio 1059 WBBM's All Local. Listen and subscribe for Chicago's most up to date news each weekday morning and afternoon. Now, from the WBBM Newsroom, these are the most important news stories from the Chicago area. Our top story, police in Carroll Stream have just released body cam video and other materials that shows the police response that led to the shooting death of Isaac Goodlow III at his apartment last month. This afternoon, his family members say police need to make more information public from the call that led to their loved one's death. Here's WBBM's Brandon Eisen. The video shows that about 15 seconds after entering Goodlow's home, one officer kicks open his bedroom door. In the same second, shots are fired by two officers, followed by the deployment of a taser by another. Those numbers confirmed by Carroll Stream Police Chief Don Cummings. One officer seconds later calls for an ambulance. However, after he's shot by police, Goodlow is immediately handcuffed while he convulses face down on the floor next to his bed. The positioning of his arms making it difficult for officers to roll him over on his back. It would take officers about two minutes after Goodlow is shot before beginning CPR. The first paramedic arrives on scene about four and a half minutes after being called. Andrew M. Stroth, attorney for Goodlow's family, filed a federal lawsuit on Thursday naming the village and its police department as defendants, along with the six officers named as John Doe's. Among the claims being made that the officers entered Goodlow's home without consent, without warning, without a warrant, and without probable cause. Officers were at the property responding to a 911 domestic violence call made by a woman who claimed to live in the unit. Brandon Eisen, News Radio 1059 WBBM. We've been reviewing the video to make sure it meets our community standards. We'll post a link to the materials from police at WBBMnewsradio.com. There's been another expressway shooting in Chicago. Illinois State Police say a man was shot on the Dan Ryan at 83rd around 11.30 this morning. That person is being treated at the University of Chicago Medical Center. An IDOT Minuteman is credit, credited for his heroic efforts this morning after rescuing two women from a burning car on the Kennedy. WBBM's Bernie Tafoya talked to him. Steve Newcomb has worked for IDOT for more than 20 years and has been a Minuteman for nearly five years. His rescue of two women from a burning car was his first ever life-saving incident. I've broken windows out to get people out of cars, but never in like a dire situation where a car was on fire like this. Around 2 in the morning, the 47-year-old IDOT worker rolled up to take care of a car that had crashed and was in lanes of traffic around Addison. He saw people off on the left shoulder. I assumed everybody was out of the vehicle that crashed. But they weren't. Newcomb soon found two women inside the vehicle, the driver crying that her legs were broken and she couldn't move. Newcomb carried both women separately to safety. They were soon taken to a hospital. You don't even realize you got the adrenaline going. I just pulled them out of the car, and then, like, you know, like a half hour later, I could, you know, feel my hands shaking a little bit. The Plainfield resident says he likes when he can help people in need. Bernie Tafoya, News Radio 1059 WBBM. The ACLU says it will continue to fight Indiana's ban on gender affirming care. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals in Chicago this week upheld the GOP backed law. Emma Bosky, executive director of Gender Nexus, says parents are absolutely horrified. And this state, which argues that parental rights are absolutely paramount, has just stripped all parental rights to make medical decisions for their kids. Bosky says their medicine has stopped, their medical care has hit a brick wall, and no one knows what to do. A similar law was struck down as unconstitutional in Arkansas, and laws are on hold in at least two other states. Well, it's official. Last month's warm weather broke a 142-year-old record in the city of Chicago. Kevin Doom is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service. We actually saw the warmest February on record uh, here in Chicago. Uh, 39.5 was the average temperature for the month, beat out 1882. 
uh, was the previous record holder. Doom says one reason it was so warm was because a jet stream was parked north of Chicago for much of February, bringing in warmer air from the south. He says another factor was El Nino, a warming of waters in the Pacific Ocean that can lead to milder and drier winters. Doom also says this winter is the warmest ever recorded at O'Hare Airport, Chicago's official weather station, with an average temperature of 34.9 degrees. Four other winters in Chicago were officially warmer than this one, but Doom says those were recorded when Chicago's official weather station was downtown and closer to the warming influence of Lake Michigan. Jim Goodis, News Radio 105.9 WBBF. And the temperatures headed back up this weekend. Spring temperatures tomorrow and Sunday. Well, Brookfield Zoo is in rebranding mode, and the name Chicago will be part of it. Two officials telling the Tribune that the name change to Brookfield Zoo Chicago is intended to better emphasize the relationship between the zoo and the Chicago Zoological Society, its parent organization. The paper says the change is also part of a multi-million dollar tropical forest habitat timed to its centennial in 2034. The zoo first opened in 1934. Attorneys and reform groups say a Chicago-based religious order does not keep a list of priests who have been credibly accused of sexual abuse. The U.S. headquarters of the Order of Friar Servants of Mary, better known as the Servites, is in the Our Lady of Sorrows Basilica on Jackson near Sacramento on the west side. The Sun-Times reports the order is now facing at least nine lawsuits linked to Father Kevin Fitzpatrick, a Servite priest who taught at a Westside high school before being transferred to a Servite high school in Anaheim, California in the early 1970s. Nine former students have filed suit claiming they were abused by Fitzpatrick in the 70s and 80s. He left the school in the 90s. Some of the lawsuits allege the order knew about the abuse and did nothing about it. Complicating matters is that the order does not keep a public list of priests who've been credibly accused of abuse, unlike other dioceses and orders in Illinois. Servite order leadership and Chicago-based attorneys for the Servites did not respond to the paper's request for comment. Rob Hart, News Radio 105.9 WBBM. The Evanston City Council has approved a plan earlier this week to hire and train unarmed civilians instead of police to respond to some nonviolent calls. Community responders will work in the Parks and Recreation Department and could handle 10 types of 911 calls instead of police officers. Issues such as ordinance violations and well-being checks. By a unanimous vote, the city council approved $400,000 in this year's budget for the first part of the program. It's expected to begin in June with the hiring of four people to respond to calls in the afternoon and evening and two others to do community outreach. Mayor Daniel Biss says the program will allow officers to handle situations that require police. Nancy Hardy, News. Radio 105.9 WBBM. A new bill that is currently making its way through the Illinois House could require 48 schools in the state to change their mascots. The bill says all Illinois public games, rather all Illinois public schools would be prohibited from having a mascot with a Native American name. Schools would also have to change their logo if they have Native American imagery. All Local is a production of News Radio 105.9 WBBM, Chicago's news, traffic, and weather station. Please like and subscribe to this podcast on the Odyssey app to continue receiving up-to-date news and information.